Research of stuff in the building. Wagwan, greetings from Jamaica. Research of stuff in the building. Talk to the people nice. Welcome to the podcast, Seeking Truths, Revealing Lies. This is your host, Researcher Stuff in the Building, broadcasting to you from the sweet island of Jamaica. Here's a little bit about me. I'm a researcher, podcaster, entrepreneur, mentor, truth seeker, and critical thinker. Seeking Truths is an evidence-based podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Kate. And Kate will be sharing her story about her vaccine-injured debacle that we're going to get into a a little bit later. Kate, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Awesome. Well, Kate, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into it. Okay, well, I am a teacher, um, and I live in Minnesota. I live in the United States, obviously, if I'm in Minnesota. Um, And I got my vaccine back in February, actually February 16th. And... um, I was happy to go get my vaccine because I, yeah, I do have an immune deficiency and I thought, well, this will be a good way to protect myself. And yeah. So I want to hear all about that, Kate. This is going to be a very interesting story. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to to start from the beginning when we get into it. But before we dive into that, um, I was doing a little research um, about one of your um, favorites. His name is Bruce Patterson, Dr. Bruce Patterson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's been doing a lot of research um, with, uh, you know, that's helping COVID long haulers. And I'm realizing that there is an overlap with um, the symptoms that COVID long haulers are experiencing and the vaccine injured. Yes. What do you think about that? Well, ironically, it's it's funny that you should ask me that because, in fact, so I have a local doctor who really believes, which I'm not going to say her name, but really believes in the Patterson approach and protocol. So I did have my blood work sent off to um, the lab that Dr. Patterson uses. Um, mm-hmm. so one of the avenues I've actually explored, and in fact, I have to send, I have to send it again. Um, so, and it came back as high for on the long haul COVID index that he has, even though I never had COVID. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, for the listeners, let me, let me just give a little background on Bruce Patterson. So Bruce Patterson is a medical doctor and a former Stanford researcher, and he has quite a record, they say. Um, he was the former medical director of diagnostic virology at Stanford University hospitals and clinics. Patterson has co-authored around 90 papers, most prior to 2011 at the time he left university. And then he created his company. This is Incel DX, which is a diagnostic laboratory. Interesting. So over the past 10 years, Incel DX has focused mostly on cancer screening and produced products to test for HPV, CMV, antibodies, and others. 
And over the past two years, he has jumped back to the publication field, co-authoring about seven papers on COVID-19 with more to come. So that was from 2020. Um, and he seems to have been doing a lot of work recently. He's very active. He's been referred to as a rock star right now. I'm, I'm hearing people call him a rock star, you know, in, in regards to the COVID scene right now. He's doing a lot of work. So hats off to Dr. Patterson out there. Glad to know that you're following. What about the protocols specifically about Dr. Patterson's protocols that you find interesting or helpful? Well, um, he has, okay, so he has this idea that you're not really getting rid of the spike protein in your system, that it is traveling around in these monocytes that are atypical and take a while to die off, like, and that it also can impact your, these spikes can, the spike protein can impact your endothelial cells. And that has, that has been a way to, to forge ahead and kind of look at, you know, he believes in using statins and some other meds that, that get a lot of pushback, um, that I've tried, I've tried some natural methods, like, um, he's, he suggested some natural methods for trying to like unstick and and get rid of the 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 monocytes or the spike protein that's still in people's systems to downgrade that inflama inflammatory response. So very good against the the inflammatory symptoms that we're seeing, which um, is definitely one of the the high incidence of cases that we're seeing now with all of the conditions that of the side effects, the the adverse reactions we're seeing now seem to have inflammatory related symptoms attached to them. So the inflammatory symptoms that we're seeing as a result of the, the side effects as um, being exposed to this vaccine, I don't think that's any coincidence. And when I started looking into Moderna's um, ingredients specifically, I saw that SM102 seems to have an inflammatory side effect response as well. So I definitely don't think that's a, a coincidence. But Kate, let's um, let's talk some more about um, you know anything you want to go into before we we go directly into your vaccine injured story because we're going to start from the beginning and I want you to share anything you feel comfortable sharing with us today. Okay, I mean no, I agree with you about the Patterson protocol. It does he seems to be onto something for sure. Definitely. He he found out about, um, I, I mean, I, I keep hearing his name being referenced in, in terms of like cytokine storms. I'm not like, I'm not a medical expert, but um, maybe I should do some more research into cytokine storms because I've been hearing the term thrown a lot around last year as a result of when people were, you know, dying of COVID. And they were saying it was, you know, um, something to do with a cytokine um, reaction in their body. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but, you know, all these things need some more research. And I do see Dr. Patterson being um, in June of 2020, he said he reported um, some so-called cytokine storm in COVID-19. So there does seem to be a link with that there. But I'm doing some research right now, and it seems that he really is doing a lot of um, work for the long haulers. I'm looking on a, a Lyme disease website here um, that has some FLCC treatment. 
Bruce Patterson is also affiliated with this. Interesting. Okay, this came out in June 21st of 2021, a new protocol for patients suffering from long-haul COVID-19 syndrome, LHCS in brackets. Okay, they've abbreviated it now. It has been developed in collaboration led by Dr. Mobin Saeed um, and Dr. Ram Yogendra, Dr. Bruce Patterson, Dr. Tina Pears, and the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, FLCCC. The protocol I recover is based on the group experiences using certain therapies with a focus on the drug ivermectin. Ooh, is that, that's the one they've been calling horse paste, right? But it works. Yep. So why works. why are they attacking this 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 drug that other doctors have you know tested and is proven to 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 be you know effective in treating against COVID nineteen? I I just can't understand you know like ivermectin is one thing that I've looked into, but what's your what's your opinion on on that so far? Um, I think ivermectin is amazing, and I don't understand why we're not using it. Um, a lot of vaccine injured people who are following the Patterson protocol are trying ivermectin um, as one of their therapies, but there are others that he suggests as well. Um, mm. so, yeah. Yeah. I think we should try whatever, <laughs> you know, try whatever because. I mean, no I just, I just think there's not enough focus on the early treatment, you know, there's just not enough focus on the early treatment. And for these vaccine manufacturers and these, uh, you know, establishment doctors to be advocating for a, a vaccine as a one size fits all solution makes absolutely no sense to me. And I just, I just, for the life of me, I just can't understand why this seems to be the issue. And people have said, okay, come on, this is, there's money behind this, there's an agenda behind this. But I mean, for them to be pushing this so hard, I think there's more, more to it than that, but that's probably for another story. So Kate, let's, let's talk some, some more now about your, your particular story, because um, today's episode is about you. So I want you to be able to share anything that you feel will be helpful to others out there right now who may be in a, a situation they want to maybe you know take the vaccine or not take the vaccine but they're looking to get informed so um, I think your story will be beneficial in helping others to kind of understand what are some of the risks associated with the the job so without further ado Kate let's start from the beginning before, before you got the job what was the situation like? You know? um, well, I do have an immune deficiency, and I was concerned about going back to school um, to teach. So I was teaching remotely, and I was pretty excited about getting my vaccine. I pretty much jumped up and down when, when I was selected to go get it. Um, prior to getting my vaccine, I was, I, I'm, I'm active. I was hiking with my husband. I'm in Minnesota, so this through the snow. Um, with no issues i went to there's a canoe area in minnesota that i went to and it was hauling like 50 pound gear in the summer um so pretty active like i said and 
And actually, ironically, during the pandemic, I probably had the least, I, I, I don't ever remember getting sick during the entire pandemic. Um, mm. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I can I imagine, got, yeah. Yeah. And so I was fine the day that I went to get my vaccine. And again, like I had it, I had a completely active winter. Um, and I got it at like 3.30 in the afternoon along with a bunch of teachers at, you know, it was a pop-up. There's, you know, it was a pop-up place. So it was at a, a, a site. So not a place you can go back to after you have your vaccine. You just go in and you have your vaccine. And then, yeah. So then that pop-up site goes away. Um, it's only there. It was only there every so often. Um, so I had my vaccine and I, you know, I, I felt fine at the time. I mean, I was a little nervous because I am kind of sensitive to things. I, I don't eat dairy. I don't eat gluten, but I seemed okay. And I went home, um, and everything seemed all right. And I took the classic, you know, picture with my card, um, yeah. put it on Facebook like everybody does. And, um, so that was all good. And then I went to bed that night and seriously, about 12 hours later, I woke up out of a dead sleep and sat straight up and just felt like I was going to die. I can't explain it any other way. It just was the most intense feeling I have ever felt in my life. I, wow. No. So can I, can I just kind of pull back up a little bit, right? So before, yeah. before you take this, this, this jab, you're feeling great. You're, you're okay. You're probably yep. a bit anxious. Then after you take it, you know, you, you post your stuff on Facebook, you're feeling good. And then that's when the reaction starts to hit you right after that. Yeah. In the more like 12 hours later, which I know other people within, have had that too. Within the same day. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would have been three 30 in the morning. So I, I always think it's ironic when they say, well, if you haven't reacted within 15 minutes, well, okay. But um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they even made those decisions per se, but um, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. It just seems a little random, you know, you didn't collapse right there. Okay. Well, that's fine. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I, yeah, I woke up at three 30 in the morning and I, and it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I, I woke up on my own. It was like almost involuntary. I I've told some people it almost felt like someone grabbed me and threw me down on the freeway in front of a, uh, in front of a truck. Um, it was, it was kind of like this feeling I I, I've heard that this happens to people before anaphylaxis or a stroke or a heart attack. They'll suddenly feel this intense, like it's almost like not a foreboding, but you just feel like something is absolutely wrong. And I sat up in bed and across my mind came the thought, if you do this again, you will die. It, It was the weirdest experience of my life. I've never had anything like that. And it lasted like 20 minutes and I could almost feel like something moving through my system. Cause like I said, I can, I'm pretty sensitive. I, I feel things. So I, and then it stopped and I went back to sleep. Um, and then I thought, okay, that's it. Right. Um, but then the next day, that's when I started to get sick and I got, that was the initial reaction that you had. And then, your body just started to, 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 to succumb to the sickness the day after probably. But yeah. that was, a, that was, that was the first warning sign you had when you woke yeah. up. Uh, what, so you were sleeping? 
I was sleeping and I just woke up out of de a dead sleep. And on, in all honesty, that is probably the thing that scared me more than all the sickness that happened after that. It was just terrifying. And wow. and I know I'm not yeah. the only I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the only one who's had this because I'm in some side effects groups. And a lot of people talk about this feeling like you're going to die. I don't know yeah. how, how to describe it. I mean, well, your description is what we can work with right now, my dear. You know, you you experience this firsthand, and if you don't know how to describe it, I can just imagine what sort of experience you went through. It's my condolences, you know, because that that sort of thing we should never be, you know. And this is what informed consent is about, you know, which which probably is going to be a whole another topic of discussion for another podcast but people are not given in, informed consent they don't even know what's in this this job they don't know the risks and then all these vaccine manufacturers seem to have um a liability shield that protects them from 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 being you know sued for compensation for people who have been injured and it's 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 this whole system is just rather ridiculous you know i'm i'm looking on things you know from you know the little island of jamaica and it it, it seems to me that something is just very very wrong here with the entire system kate i don't know if you get that feeling too but um oh yeah oh yes yes because i tried to get assistance afterwards i you know I can't tell you the number of people I've reached out to and how I, I don't see a system for, I don't see a system for this. I don't see anything. So, so, so okay. So how, when exactly did you, was the first time you reached out for assistance? Like, um, cause I see that you're, 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 so who reported your VAERS report? Who, who so, made that submission? So I, after I got done being like, so I was sick the entire week for, for three straight days. Um, I had every symptom that you can have that's listed on, you know, there's a list of symptoms that people have and, um, you know, like fever and headache and nausea. I mean, I had all of them on my first dose, which seemed I mean I just tried to get through it and I probably should have gone to the ER because I was really ill um my son-in-law came over to bring me some um CBD oil anything that could help me feel better and I just remember him coming I just remember like stumbling to the door and opening the door and him just looking at me like my god you know like I was so sick um and then after that happened I just, I continue to have issues like, you know, they say you can get COVID arm, you know, your arm can get all red. And mine was so swollen, like three times, you know, the size and red and itchy and like nothing was calming down, even though I wasn't, even though I, I stopped myself from going to the ER and like kind of got better enough to start moving around. And so I thought, well, this doesn't seem right. Like yeah. it just didn't. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like here I wake up in the middle of the night with this insane trepidation that I've never had and then I'm super ill and and I'm continuing to 
have problems. Like I started to have some of these secondary things that people talk about. Um, you see them on the VARES report. Like I had screaming tinnitus. My, my ears were screaming, which I now know that's actually a brain thing. Mm -hmm. um, my doctor actually thinks some of us have had almost like a concussion type response, but my ears were screaming. I thought I might have lost my hearing. I had head pressure that I've never had in my life, dizziness all the time. Luckily, I was still working from home, but I would just feel dizzy. And I, I sometimes I'd be awake in the middle of the night thinking I can't sleep and I'm going to have to go to the ER or I'm going to die. Like there, there were probably at least five or six other times I would think I am going to die. So can, can I ask you a, a, a question? Like, so, I mean, how did your body feel exactly? Like, what do you think was happening inside of your body at this time? You know, when you had these feelings? Like, was it like, I mean, like, I know when people have like gut-wrenching stomach pains, it wasn't something like that. It must have been no. something way more, you know, was it affecting your entire body? It was like, how did it feel? Yeah, it felt like my whole system was deranged. Like, it just felt like, I don't know, like it was firing on all cylinders and I didn't know how to get back to how I felt the day before I got my shot. You know what I'm saying? And, mm, and yeah. yeah, and because I do have an immune deficiency, I'm pretty good at reading my body. Like I'm honestly, it's almost like a superpower where I'm like, oh, this works. This doesn't. And I remember walking down in front of my husband one day and standing there like crying and saying, I don't know how to help my body. I've always known how to help my body. I don't know what to do. Wow, that must have been frightening. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it hasn't been good. <laughs> I mean, I'm a lot better than I was, but it's, and the other thing I've told some people is like, I have never fought such a pitched battle to get better in my life. It's like work. It was Just an work. uphill battle to get to get to the point where you are now. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Insane. And and if you if you just suddenly went to a side effect group that I'm in and asked them the the same question, they would answer they would all answer the same. All of them. Well, I, I do think I'm gonna have to, you know, put together a specific set of questions so that maybe I can, you know get some data on this because Kate, you're you're gonna be one of the first of the the vaccine injured that I'm gonna be interviewing and I'm gonna try to get as much people as possible to share their story just like how you have because I think it's important. I think people need to know what's going on, you know, and and I just wanna say thank you so much again for taking the time to to share your story with us today. And for those of you who are not aware, we're here with Kate, and this is the Vaccine Injured Part 1 episode. And we're taking a look at her story, and she got the Moderna jab in February the 16th, 2021, and she experienced adverse reactions um, hours later. And it's been quite, quite excruciating to hear you know this story 
my heart goes out to you, Kate. And I hope that others out there who are hearing something like this for the first time will get a, an understanding of some of the risks involved with um, this jab. So this is Moderna, specifically we're talking about here today. Um, I'm going to take a look at your, your various um, report. Yeah, it's a little complicated. You had asked me who filled it out. I actually filled out the first one because I did go to my doctor right away, or my medical provider right away, and she told me to do it. Like she had never done one before and she was, well, can you do it? And so I did. But then at a later visit, among the side effects, she found out that I had had heart damage. She found out that I suddenly had atrial fibrillation and I'm I've never had that before. And my heart was, I wow. mean, yeah. And it was continuous. Um, and, you know, pr like I know my pulse, like what it normally is because I'm, you know, I'm a vegan. I don't eat meat. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, and I'm not an elite, elite athlete or anything, but like I would have a resting heart rate normally around 58 and, you know, when I'm working out, it's like maybe in the 90s and everything was just messed up. And she said, oh, my God, like I just still remember her saying, you have to go to the cardiologist right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And then she said, I'm glad you never got the second shot. And then she said she'd fill out a VAERS. So she did one after that and they melded the two together. Okay. And this is, this is, this, that's, I guess that's the screenshot that you sent me? Yeah, my daughter actually found my VAERS report. She just, you know, it doesn't have your name on it. It just has mm -hmm. like your lot number for your shot and your age. Yeah. And yeah, and she knew, you know, she, I mean, she's my daughter. So she, she found it. She decided to, she decided to spend uh, one day looking through VAERS. You know, she just finally said, Mom, I want you to tell me about, I want to understand this better. And so then she started looking and she was, she was honestly shocked at what she saw in VAERS. Um, and she saw mine. <laughs> well, I am going to try to pull it up in a bit to see if there has been any um, updates, differences to the screenshots that you sent me. I don't, I don't think there will be. But. No, I don't think so, because they fill out those little squares, you know, like it says, um, I think on mine it says something like not serious, uh, not resolved, <laughs> like not serious. It's somebody's heart. Maybe we should take a look at what they, what was filled out in your various, because I do, I do find that quite interesting, you know, and we're here on the podcast, Seeking Truths, Revealing Lies. So I'd like to ask you about some of this stuff that they put here, you know, seeing as how it, it applies directly to you, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's um, fine. No, <laughs> I mean, when you mentioned that not serious stuff, I, I had to take the opportunity because it's just like, really? So event information, right? Now, yeah. you know, so it, it says here, okay, like project number, da, 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 Moderna, right? Okay, and it says recovered, no. Right. Right, vaccine administered by unknown. Days to onset, one. Day vac so you got vaccinated and the, 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 your onset report was filed within a day. 
right? Think, you had you had reactions within a day, and they're think, saying you haven't recovered. So this is based on that one day report, right? I think they um, I I didn't do it right away because I was very very sick. But um, you write you have to write in there like within how many hours or whatever it starts. So that's why they say onset, and then. Um, and then the additional VARES from my doctor clearly makes it, she, you know, obviously I'm not recovered. I'm still having these issues. And so then they fill out, they fill out, yeah. the, I don't even know how, they, like they never, con just so you know, no one has ever contacted my medical provider. Wow. Uh, this, you know, this, this is some glaring problems with the healthcare system. Why, so why do you think that is? Why do you think there's no, um, following up with this sort of um, activity here? I, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like, I don't know. It's really hard to, for me to say this, but I honestly think they don't care. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't, I am kind of a Pollyanna in that I think the world is good and everybody cares about each other kind of, but after this experience, I, it's made me really wonder what is going on because like I said before, no one helped. I guess I always expected when I didn't show up my, for my second dose, which I didn't, I was, I was signed up to go get it. But the day that I was supposed to get my second dose, I was so dizzy. And I just kept remembering how it ran through my head. If you do this again, you will die. I thought, I, I can't go. I can't. And no one has ever called me from the state of Minnesota. No one has ever asked me, why did you not get your second dose? No one's ever called me from the CDC and I called them. I yeah. called, yeah, I called the CDC. I called the FDA. I contacted Moderna. Um, the most I've gotten is Moderna finally, after months and months, had me sign a release for my file. But I still remember calling them and she went to, uh, the woman on the phone went down the symptom list and kept saying, did you have this? Did you have that? Did you have this? And I, and I was like, yeah. And she said, all of them, all of them. So, wow. That, that I, I am just in shock right now because this should never happen. They already know the the risks and yet still they're 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 still giving this stuff to people this is this is why you know i i can understand why you think nobody cares kate or why you know the world is not a bed of roses so to say and it's okay to be a pollyanna it's okay to have a positive outlook right i'm a i'm a positive person myself and i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's just when we're when we have to deal with the system and the system has put people in place to proliferate and propagate the the continuation of this corruption right and pharmaceutical companies are now tycoons that are monopolies that are only in it for the money it may appear that nobody cares but i just want to say that there are people who care, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get you connected with more people who care.
to get your story out there because I think this is this is this is crazy. People need to hear this. This is criminal, right? So let's take a look at your virus. Now it said recovered, no. Now it says serious, no. What do you say about that? Do you do you think your your situation was serious? Um. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It just kind of makes me laugh when I see. I mean, not recovered. No, serious. No. Um. Yeah, because atrial fit. Like I have it all the time. You can die from a blood clot. You, your options are cardioversion or a, you know, um, ablation or a pacemaker. If you if you don't um, resolve, um, I have a doctor who thinks there's a chance that this will calm down. And I will have to say I'm having less, you know, I was having shortness of breath. I was having like chest pain and, and palpitations. And I thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest. And some of that stuff has really calmed down. So I feel more hopeful. So I'm holding off on some of those other things. And, and yes, AFib, and sometimes people are cardioverted, which means that they're shocked back into rhythm multiple times in a year. I didn't need that. I, I was fine before. You know, I did hip hop, I hiked. I, yes, it's serious because I don't know if this is going to shorten my lifespan. I don't know if I'll have heart problems because of it. How is that not serious? You know, it, I, I do think that even the report itself has, you know, it's just not clear. There is no, I mean, there is apparent transparency here. But there's no real transparency because, I mean, this, what I'm looking on right now does not, everything does not concur with what you're saying, especially, especially with, you know, the event information and the answers for the event categories. Like I'm looking on the, the section that says life threatening. I mean, earlier, earlier on, you were saying that you felt as if you were going to die. So I, I think that there should have there should have at least been a yes there. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, it's like they're trying to. Make it appear as a less serious adverse event. You get what I'm saying, Kate? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't understand how you can think heart damage is not a serious event. I mean, we only have one heart. I just I don't. That doesn't make any sense. And it says right on there, causality cannot be ruled out. So they they know, they know they can't rule it out, right? Because they're having people with heart issues. I mean, not just myocarditis. There's other there's other people in VARES with AFib. Yes. And in fact, oh, my doctor one day I was trying to ask her, is there because I have an enlarged area of my the, the my heart right now, and I didn't before. I have baseline data that shows that I didn't, but. I was asking, is there a chance I had myocarditis and we don't know it? And she said to me, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, I have to tell you, myocarditis is rare. I didn't I don't even have a I don't even have a base of knowledge to answer your question because I didn't have people coming in with heart issues. And now now this is happening all the time. Yeah. The myocarditis in young children. Um, I saw a report the other day. Um, increased rates of myocarditis in, in children ages 12 to 17. It was based on a national stratified database study. 
So, you know, the information is out there. We, we, we do know that, you know, this is clearly causing um, adverse effects that are not necessary that, you know, how can you say myocarditis is not life threatening? How can you say that, you know, um, heart conditions, you know, a AFib, it, it, this is just, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, Kate, right now. And I'm, I'm trying to look up some information here on VIRS to see um, if there's any more data I can access, maybe on the open VIRS site, just to give an update before we close out today. But we have some more time, so we can go into it a little bit. Do you want to talk about Moderna specifically, since that was the um, vaccine that you... You took? Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, that was the one I ended up with just because you didn't really get a choice. I, I think you remember before they would say, just take the first one you can get, right? And so that was the first one I could get. Um, I When I joined several side effects group, including a group that people were suffering with hearing loss or tinnitus, um, and then they had dizziness and all the other, there's like a cluster of symptoms that people have. I I thought there would be more Moderna there or more. I, I just I didn't know that there would be like people across multiple vaccine platforms all together. So, I mean, there are people on these sites with J&J and, and Moderna and Pfizer. And so I've really come to a place where I think it doesn't really matter which one. And the only thing that has have in common, which you know, we already talked about is that spike protein. So that makes makes the most sense that there's all these people from various platforms having issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do think that, you know, the toxicity of the different manufacturers' um, jabs right now um, are, are, are on different levels. Like, based on the data that I'm seeing, and, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this with you, but the Moderna seems to be 50% more toxic than the Pfizer in terms of just the formulation. Because it wow. also has, it also has um, a substance in there, a chemical um, that's proprietary to Moderna. They call it SM-102. And SM-102 is manufactured by Cayman Chemicals, and it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So I'm going to pull up the safety data sheet so we can get some info on that right now. But if you want to find that, people, all you got to do is type in SM-102 um, Cayman Chemicals, C-A-Y-M-A-N. Chemicals, C H E M I C A L S. And that should give you access to the safety data sheet for the chemical formulation we're going to take a look at right now. SM 102, it says it's an ionizable amino lipid, right, that is used in combination with other lipids in the formation of lipid nanoparticles, straight from the website. Now, let's see here. Safety data sheet. This is what I want. I want to find out what this stuff is that they're putting into people's bodies. So this ingredient, Kate, 
was listed as proprietary um, on the vaccine ingredients list that they disclosed, but they didn't actually tell us what it is. So to track that down, I had to look up um, the manufacturer to find out exactly what the substance is. Are you ready for this, Kate? Yeah. Cayman Chemical, trade name SM-102. Application of the substance or mixture. It says, this product is for research use, not for human or veterinary diagnostic or therapeutic use. It is the responsibility of the purchaser to determine suitability for other applications. Did you hear that? Yep. Not for human use. So let's think about that. So Moderna buys this chemical substance from Cayman Chemical who manufactures it. Cayman Chemical says on their safety data sheet, hey, this is for research use. This is not for human use, diagnostic veterinary use or therapeutic use. And then Moderna now takes the same substance and puts it in, puts it in a vaccine. Interesting. I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a problem there. Yeah. Let's scroll down. Okay. Hazards identification. So I'm taking a look at the section now that says hazards identification. It says classification of the substance or mixture. Okay. It says it's highly flammable <laughs> in liquid or vapor. It says it's toxic it's if swallowed, toxic if inhaled. Right, so it's it's toxic in both gaseous and liquid forms. And this is what they're putting into a vaccine. Oh, wow, may cause cancer. I'm just looking at the hazards here for this substance. Let's see, causes serious eye irritation. Wow. Moderna needs to be sued for every penny that they have, Kate, right? People need, to, people need to be getting upset when they hear this stuff because this is criminal. This is absolutely criminal, right? May cause cancer, right? Oh my God, this is crazy. So essentially, they have a highly toxic substance that they put into a vaccine, right? Yes. And they've called it proprietary because they didn't want to disclose what this chemical formulation was. But there's always a way to find this out. And by the way, um, this, this updated data sheet that I'm looking on was revised the 15th of September 2021. It is 11 pages long. No. If you look on it, you're going to see that it's clearly listed as a, as a hazardous chemical. You know, the skin reactions. My God. Yeah, this is this is some serious this is some serious stuff here. So I, I mean I don't I don't know what to say about about that anymore because I've I've talked about the SM102 a lot in some of my other discussions, but People, you need to start looking into this stuff, right? 
how can doctors be saying that this stuff is safe when they don't know what, what's in it? I'm just a lowly researcher from Jamaica. So, Kate, I want to ask you if you have any comments on that before we move on. Well, no, that's kind of surprising to me. I didn't think about the other, I didn't think about the other of the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. The, the you know the the adjuvants that they're using um, and it's quite interesting actually when you when you look up what sm102 is right what they what they advertise it as it's an ionizable amino lipid that has been used in combination with other lipids in the formation of lipid nanoparticles and we already know that the mRNA type vaccines are using lipid nanoparticle formulations, right? Pegulated lipids. So what is the end game here? What is this administration of luciferase mRNA in SM102 containing lipid nanoparticles includes hepatic luciferase expression in mice. So they tested this on mice. Interesting. And there's the mention of luciferase again. Wow. So it seems like every conspiracy theory that was mentioned about this last year is actually coming through. Wow, Kate, I didn't expect to see luciferase in this article, you know. I'm I'm familiar with that one, but have you heard about that one before? No, I haven't. No. Wow, we're we're gonna have to talk about that one off air. But yeah, <laughs> that one has to deal with um one of the other conspiracies that they say tie into the um the patent, the cryptocurrency patent, um the W. The 2020-060606 patent, you know, the, the tracking and the tracing. Um, so, you know, very interesting. But DARPA, DARPA's hand seems to be all over this mRNA stuff. I am going to have to do some more research here because I came across an interesting, interesting, interesting article that I just have to go over before we, we, we kind of close out today. So CDC is recommending, um, let's see here, effective August 13th, 2021, the Center of Diseases, Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, recommends that people who are moderately to severely immunocompromised receive an additional dose of an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna at least 28 days after the completion of the initial mRNA COVID vaccine series. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, oh my God, I would, that would kill me. I, I can't even get the dose two. I, I'm never putting this in my body again. Never. I, I am quite aware. My, my concern is that they're recommending it for compromised people, which is, is, it seems rather nefarious. 
replicate. This is rather nefarious based on what we just talked about, your situation. And this is from August 13th, right? This is the, so like the CDC, it, you know, people really need to look into these organizations. What yeah. does the Center of Disease Control do? They they say they're about prevention, but I, I really I don't really think they are they're really about prevention. I'm I'm gonna be bold here and say they're they're more about the control, allegedly. Yeah. I mean it's strange that they would recommend something that they haven't even followed up with people in a category they're even talking how would they even know? My God. I'm I'm saving these articles so that I can send them to you after okay. you know because i i mean i know you're probably gonna gonna wanna just you know people have to get upset when they realize that other people are being forced into the situation and they're they're peddling the propaganda still here's another one people who are immunocompromised in a manner similar to those who have undergone solid organ transplantation have a reduced ability to fight infections and other diseases and they are especially vulnerable to infections, including COVID-19. The FDA evaluated information on the use of a third dose of the Pfizer, BioNTech or Moderna vaccines in these individuals and determined that the administration of third vaccine doses may increase protection in this population. These patients should be counseled to maintain physical precautions to help prevent COVID-19. In addition, close contacts of immunocompromised persons should get vaccinated as appropriate for their health status to provide increased protection to their loved ones. I'm in shock reading this garbage. And that one is from the FDA, Kate. Yeah. I know they don't even they don't even look this uh, they don't do anything I'm sorry like I, I've had my antibodies tested and they're actually really high so a, a friend of a friend of mine at the Mayo Clinic said I look like I hyper reacted so how would they even why are they just blanket oh I, I I'm speechless actually speechless you know when you say hyper reacted right because you know you got me thinking about you know, like autoimmune conditions and, and kind of how that works. It's so. Do you think that, like, I mean, did, did you catch COVID before, by the way? Just out of curiosity. No, not that I know of. I mean, I not that you know. Yeah. No. I mean, so, I mean, so you went to take the vaccine and you're just like, well, I didn't catch COVID. Let me get you know, um, some protection, you know, and that's, that's what most people are thinking when they go to take the vaccine, that it's yeah. going to offer them some form of protection. And then, you know, six months later, the data starts to come out and we're like, okay, it doesn't prevent transmission of the pathogen. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. So, it's like people are now thinking to themselves, why did they take this thing in the first place? Right? It doesn't even fit the definition of a vaccine. It's like it's like snake oil salesmen, you know, like they sell us these false promises. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. It's going to do this. It's going to do this. And it doesn't, you know. And then, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to go to jail. I hope so. I would be happy about that, actually. Well, I have, I have some more for you about Moderna, right? So nearly all of the vaccine patents that make up Moderna's mRNA COVID-19 vaccine were filed before December 2019. Let me repeat. Nearly all of the vaccine patents that make up Moderna's mRNA COVID-19 vaccine were filed before December 2019. So here's what's happening, Kate. They're making a vaccine before the disease officially exists. Yeah, I had, yeah. Read, I had read that about Pfizer too. I looked up their patents because mm -hmm. ever ever since this happened to me, my curiosity is is I just I like why is this happening? Why is nobody listening? It's bizarre. Well, I'm I'm looking here on a website that is showing me, okay, this is modernatx.com slash patents, seven patents here. And, you know, it's important to look at the filing date, okay? Key tip when you're researching and you're looking at the patents. You want to know how, how, how early they started this or how early they started planning? Always look at the filing dates because the other dates, especially the big ones in bold, might not be the same. It might that might be the date that when you know, like when the patent is approved, you know. But the filing date shows you just how early all of this stuff was in motion. You know, that was when the patent was actually filed. And then before that filing date, of course, they would have they would have had to have done a lot of research before they've even filed the patent. So you can just imagine how far back it goes, you know, years in the back end without us even really knowing how far back. But yeah, yeah, here's another one for you. As for the Moderna vaccine, um, this one is what, earlier this month? So that was, um, this came out in August. So that would have been, okay, so in August, the company was awarded $1.525 billion contract by the Department of Defense and the Department of Health and Human Services to manufacture and deliver 100 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine. The agreement also includes an option to purchase another 400 million doses, although the terms were not disclosed. Interesting. So now you have the government paying the pharmaceutical companies to inject poison into the people. Wow. Yeah, not good. Yeah. I don't know, okay. This is this is quite interesting. I think I think I think I wanna have you back on to talk some more about this stuff as it develops, you know going somewhere into um, the Moderna side of things and tracking tracking that specifically. Maybe um, some other legal recourse. Um, but there, there, there is a, 
There is a compensation program, isn't there, Kate? Yeah, but it's like really very difficult. I mean, I checked with somebody else. They said no one has been paid out. Um, there's a lot of other people who have spent a lot more money, but we're up to about 10000 out of pocket right now so far. Trying to get better. Some stuff I'm going to try to send into my insurance. Um, but, yeah, we're about 10, 10 out of pocket. And that includes HSA money. But still, I mean, that's money you could have, you know, for later or for some other procedure. And that's. Kate, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Because, I mean, if it's easier to, to raise funding, to raise awareness. Um, because we got your back, I, I don't think you should have to be, you know, footing this out of your pocket. What you have been through is, 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 is quite appalling, right? I, I don't wish this on my worst enemy. This is, this is, anyway, just let me know if we can network in the future, because, um, I do believe some things are coming on board, um, we're going to be meeting a lot of people soon where we can get funding going. So hopefully um, groups like Daniel's group defend medical liberty. I'll just give him a plug right now. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting out there, you know? So even if we have to get legal avenues for recourse to put some additional pressure on these people, I think that's going to be what we're going to have to do. You get me? Yeah, that's probably the thing that causes me the most fear because because I, I don't know if you've looked at the CDC website for exemptions. There are none. They're suggested. Your employer could or they might. So there is no CDC. There's no like if you had heart damage, you shouldn't take those two. No, nothing. Well, the, there are ways to get the medical and the, the religious exemptions. Um, you know, we can talk offline about that. I have a, a religious exemptions expert in our network. Um, his name is Emil. So lots of pro bono lawyers um, and groups are, are forming right now. So, you know, maybe we can get some of them on board um, to help the vaccine injured. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Keep in, keep in contact, Kate. Uh, talk to you some more about, about this. Maybe in like another month or so, we can we can do a follow up and see what's happening at that time. I know we didn't go through the entire list of your your symptoms listed on the VAERS, but um, we can save that for the next the next episode in part two. Okay. All right. Yep. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. And this was the first episode of the vaccine injured part one with Kate. Thanks for joining us. This is Researcher Staff, your host for Seeking Truths, Revealing Lies, is signing out. Peace, love, and light. Take care, everybody.